0: Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Already Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash friends. That's pros.com slash RD friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. pros.com slash RD friends.
2: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we have an exciting topic, solo travel. And if you guys follow Allison on Instagram, you know she is the queen of solo travel and has just returned from an amazing trip by herself, which she's going to tell us all about. There are a lot of requests to hear her experience, what it's like being someone who travels solo all the time. And yeah, she's going to give us some really great insight. We're going to do like a little q and I'll ask her some questions. You guys submitted some questions, which we'll read from, as well. And yeah, it's just gonna be a great dialogue of hopefully inspiring some of you to
0: book that trip and go by yourselves. Yeah, of course. I have so much to say, but first we'll catch up, do our peaks as always, and then dive in. I saved all of my Tulum stories for this episode because I was like, well, I feel like some of this is going to overlap and I didn't want to spill it all last week and then have to have you guys listen to it again. So I figured (laughs) we'll just do the whole Tulum thing here today, here now. Okay, so tell us how your trip was. Um, It was amazing. It was one of the best trips I've ever been on because I feel like it was just so aligned with like who I am, what I was looking for in a trip, my style, all of that. Reeling it back a little bit, you guys heard a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm so tired. I need some TLC. There's been so much happening. And our AC was out and I was up late one night because I couldn't sleep because it was like 100 degrees in our apartment. And... I do what I do when I'm bored. And I was like, you know, I'll just look up flights. And New Wave is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So my travel window was Sunday to Wednesday. And I was like, what are the chances that I'm going to find a perfect flight? It was like Friday morning. That's to a place I actually want to go to. But I'm like, you know what? Let's just look. And there was a flight from Omaha to Cancun Sunday morning and then returning Wednesday night. And I was like, that is literally perfect. The price was right because then I got, you know, at least a whole half day Sunday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, a half day Wednesday to make it worthwhile. And I was like, I can't, I can't even second guess it. So I just booked it within like two minutes of saying it. I was like, okay, wow. I'll go to bed now, I guess. But it was so motivating even for that last like 36 hours before I ended up leaving to get so much stuff done. And I was reminded that I'm just the type of person that needs to have a trip on my radar. It might not have to be planned, but I can at least have maybe a time block set out that I'm going to be booking a trip because otherwise it's so easy to get stuck in a rut. And once I had something to look forward to, I was like doing all the house chores, all of these projects for New Wave that I've been putting off because I was like, I have a light at the end of the tunnel. Let's get it done. And it was so funny because I posted on my story, like, hey, could anyone let peaches out over the lunch hour? Because Clay has to work from like 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. And one of my friends like replied to the story and was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to post the same thing about my cat. I'm also leaving on a spontaneous trip tomorrow. And I was like, "We were, you know, where are you going? Where are you going? We're both like, Tulum, Tulum, wait, you too. Wait, tomorrow, Alan, the American flight. So that was kind of fun. We, I picked her or she came to my place. We drove to the airport, but she was staying at a hostel downtown. I was doing my retreat. So we were able to like take the bus there together and have the travel day. But yeah, we basically still did our whole own trips. But the night before she left, we grabbed dinner and actually hung out with another couple that's from Arizona that has the cutest coffee shop in Scottsdale. They were there on their honeymoon, so we all had a little dinner. But yeah, other than that one occasion, it was me just in my element for 4 days doing some yoga, I did a hula hoop class. The resort that I stayed at, I wouldn't even say it was a resort. It's probably not the right word. It's called Holistica. So they have like yoga shalas they have like a sustainable clothing store they have a vegan ice cream place they have a plant-based restaurant a pool bicycle rentals a spa but like anyone in town can go there to go to the classes so apparently a lot of people in town do go there a lot because it's like one of the best places to go to yoga classes so you have some tourists being there that are for that and then you have like a lot of locals so that was cool because people kept being like do you live here and I was like you think I live here I'm so honored (laughs) I wish. I wish. Yeah. Thanks for asking. But yeah, it was just so amazing. And we can get into this later, but being by yourself, like that trip was so long. And I feel like a lot of trips that I do take by myself, even if they're only four or five days, when you're alone, like you're just so in the moment. And so I was able Mm -hmm. to do so much and have so much growth and experiences on my own, like it would be like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, oh my God, I already did so much today. I have the whole day left. Wow. But yeah. And how did you find this retreat resort place? Okay. So back when I went to Mexico city in February, the grandfather company, I guess you would say design hotels mm-hmm. is who owned the hotel. I stayed at one of the hotels I stayed at back in February. So I was like looking at design hotels, whole website. And that led me onto some lists of just looking up the coolest hotels in Mexico too. So I had seen it and was like, wow, oh, wow, that's amazing. Followed it. And then I had a friend go there and they really liked it. Um, and then I had just been following it since and was like, yeah, I'm definitely trying to go there someday. But I did stay in a hostel dorm room there. I was thinking about getting my own bedroom because it was pretty mm-hmm. affordable for a single bedroom, maybe like $150. But the dorm beds are only $20 a night. And it was wow. so nice looking. And I was like, well, I didn't go there. I went to have experiences in these yoga classes Mm -hmm. and whatever. And I was like, if I get a nice room, I'm going to want to hang out in the room. But if I book a hostel dorm bed, I'm not going to want to spend any time in the bed. I'm going to go out and do stuff. And then I can spend my money on those classes and stuff. So I think I made the right call because all in all, The whole trip came in under $1,000. Flight, transportation, accommodation, all the food, all the classes, massage, everything. I feel like that's really good. Yeah, that's great. And the room that you stayed in, was it like a hostel technically, the shared bed? Yeah. So on the property, they had little mini houses where, say, like a couple going on their honeymoon could stay. And then they just had like one mini house that they called the beehive so I think there was like, oh. there was one side that was just for girls. And it was by far the nicest hostel I've ever stayed at. Wow. Like I could literally live in that room. It was so clean and nice and comfortable. That's amazing. Yeah. Because not all hostels are created equally. I have had no. the gamut <laughs> of hostel stays. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Just thinking about some of the
2: ones I've had, I'm like, oh, I just wanted that night to be over. Yeah. <laughs> and I made it. But that sounds really
0: nice. Wow. But I guess since it's like a spa retreat place, like it could be assumed that they would
2: put some care into their facilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing. And it sounds like a great trip. And I'm excited to hear more of this as part of the solo travel experience, along with your tips and stuff. Thank you. What have you been up to? Same thing kind of here. Had a trip with my sister. So after our visit the USA shoot last week, I ended the shoot in Charlotte, North Carolina That was our last stop of the trip Which is only an hour and a half from my parents' house In Greenville, South Carolina So myself and Hania, our associate producer uh, We drove to my parents' house And we, me, Hania, and McKenna went to the beach uh, my grandpa lives in, he has like a beach house in North Carolina, in Oak Island area. So we went to his beach house and got to spend a few days there. It was very short. I think we were there for like three days. Hania was only there for the first day. She flew back. She had to go back home. Very family thing. But then it was just me and McKenna. So it was very fun to have a trip kind of with my sister for the last couple of days. It was so beautiful. We had really good weather. It did rain half of a day. So we just kind of chilled inside for one of the days. But it was kind of nice because we both got a lot of stuff done. Like she got some of her to-dos. She's moving into a new apartment and has officially moved in with her fiance, Julian. So she had to set up like her water and electricity and all that stuff, accounts. And I don't know, I finally got to post my Instagram stories for my trip. So sometimes a rainy day is good. It makes us stop and do the things we needed to do. But yeah, me and McKenna did that trip, hung out at the beach. I flew to Omaha for literally a day, less than a day. I spoke at this creative conference. I gave a little talk on photography and how you can use that for your social media and all that stuff. So that was really good. I was supposed to stay until Monday night. I talked on Sunday morning, but then I saw I could change my flight to Sunday night for $50. And after being gone for literally two weeks, I was like, "Mm, I think I want to go home. So I changed my flight immediately and like ran to the airport. And then of course my flight got delayed two hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I run here? Like in such a rush. No, But it was fine. Honestly, I thought I was like, I'll just hang out at the airport. It's fine. But that was pretty draining. Something about just sitting in a terminal like, and having, I mean, I didn't have nothing to do, but just like being stuck there, it like drained me. When I got home, I was
0: exhausted. So. I think what happened was probably just, that was the first time you'd actually sat down for a second. So it was like (laughs) the wave of you moving a million miles an hour for a few weeks, just kind of like finally hit you it's kind of like you know when you're working out and you're not you're sweating but not sweating that much but then all of a sudden you stop and you're dripping sweat
2: Mm -hmm. like that your body's
0: finally like oh my god what just happened to me
2: i know i cannot believe i was gonna stay till monday night like once i was there and like i was like can we board this flight like i am so ready to go home oh my god i was just so tired so yes exactly what you said but all in all had a great time and yeah love spending time with mckenna and hania and yeah and seeing my family it was all good i'm glad you got to see mckenna I'm excited to see how her mm. place is coming along. Oh my gosh. It looks like their apartment is very cute. I have not seen too many pictures. I yeah, they just moved in, but it, it looks like it's really nice. My mom said it's a really, really good building and I made they're M- gonna be a lot closer to work. Yeah.
0: I made McKenna send me like full tour videos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing.
0: I was like, I wanna <gasps> see just send me the details. Oh my
2: gosh, that's cute.
0: Um peak of the week. Yeah. Do you a peak? Okay. Mine was actually this morning. So my journal prompt, when I opened, Clay had got me this ritual journal for our anniversary. And the prompt I flipped to today was like, what is something you're resisting? Like, can you go and get that done? And I had been resisting going and watching him coach. And that sounds so bad and so mean. And I feel horrible (laughs) about it. And it's something I should have done so long ago. He's been coaching for months. Like I've been to his gym before. I've been to his CrossFit competitions. I obviously like see him work out, but I hadn't actually gone to watch him coach. And as we all do with things in our life, when we're like afraid or resisting something, we build it up to be this like scary thing. And that's... huge reason why I went and did it this morning because I was like, if I'm going to be talking about this solo travel episode, which is out of a lot of people's comfort zone, which is something that's very in my comfort zone at this point, I need to do something to shake up my routine so that I can, you know walk the talk or whatever. And the timing worked out great. I brought him a smoothie and he was just made to be nothing but a coach. It was so wholesome. Like that man can conduct a room. Like it was a big class. It was like 25 people and he was just so in his element. And the last time that I like, you know, saw him working is when he was an accountant and he was working from home. And that was like the first thing I said to him after. And I was like, the... The energy shift from when you used to be sitting in our spare room, hunched over at your computer, absolutely miserable, to now you coaching all of these people like he's so happy and it made me so happy to see him happy. And also like, why am I so afraid of going? It's not that I was afraid of watching him coach. It's that I'm afraid of doing a CrossFit class. And so I'm afraid to make friends with his I mean, of course I'm friends with his like managers, but like the people that go, I know they're cause immediately first thing they said, Are you joining class today? Wait, when are you coming? And I'm like, No, I don't wanna do it because <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I just got back from yoga, which was true. I did go to yoga this morning and I'm going to have to do it soon. But it was reassuring to see in the class today that there was all ages. There was a guy even up to 75 years old, all body types, all fitness levels. So I was like, okay, I could probably do it. And it's the same thing. I used to be terribly afraid of going to yoga. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I so scared of? Wow. So. Do you want to be a CrossFit girlie? No, but I'm very competitive at anything I do. I I feel like if I get into something, I immediately just get really into it. So maybe that's another part of why I haven't started is because I'm like, am I going to get into it then? Or or like, am I going to be okay with just going once and then being like, all right, are you guys happy? I did my class. Mm -hmm. But it seemed very empowering. I mean, like very badass. Like yoga is very empowering, but a very different type of empowering as opposed Mm -hmm. to CrossFit where you're like scaling up ropes to the ceiling and doing rings And like yeah. lifting and sprinting, and very, very different.
2: I don't know. Well, I look forward to hearing more <laughs> about your CrossFit journey. I'm with you. It sounds really scary, but maybe next time I make my way to Omaha. Oh my God. Can you Clay can coach convince us? me to come? Yeah. We, he would be
0: so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do Already Friends CrossFit meetup. Actually, I saw um, some girls post on Instagram last night or whatever that she did a yoga class as part of her bachelorette party. And I didn't even ever think about that being a thing of just having, you know, your party go to the class. But yeah, you could easily do a group CrossFit class. That's so fun. Okay, Clay has no idea what he's signing up for right now. (laughs) (laughs) The already friends
2: listeners are coming. We're coming, Clay. Whoop us yeah. into
0: shape. <laughs> oh, he would. I think that's, that's another thing that I was like feeling awkward about is I thought all of these people were going to be in such insane shape and that I was just going to be like looked down upon of like, how are you play this girlfriend? And you don't have like a ripped six pack and like pecs on your pecs. And then I got there and I was like, <laughs> oh, these are normal people. Like it was all in your head. Yeah, all in my head. That's funny. Okay, amazing.
2: Um, I'm going to say my peak of the week was me and McKenna having just like this amazing sunset last Thursday. We set out our towels, got ready, got cute, got cute outfits on, did our makeup, and sat on the beach, watched this beautiful sunset. And that was the day that had been storming a little bit in the morning. So, cloudy skies and stormy days always make for the most gorgeous sunsets. So, it was pinks, purples, oranges. And yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, that picnic looked really cute. Yeah.
0: You know, I love a picnic.
2: I know. We literally made our dinner. McKenna insisted that she made the salmon recipe thing that she makes. So we made that, put it in some to-go boxes and yeah, took it to the beach. So it was a 10 out of 10 night.
0: I love that. Mm -hmm. So wholesome. It was very wholesome. And for your guys' Peaks of the Week... Susie said, I discovered your podcast the week I had to begin commuting to work again. It keeps me going. Aw welcome to the community.
2: That makes me so happy. Yay. Happy to have you here. Julia said, accepted a new job with a
0: small woman-owned startup company. That's amazing. Congratulations. Maddie said, my friend's lifting me up during crappy times. Aw. I'm not happy that you had crappy times, but I'm happy that you have good friends to lean on. Absolutely. And Tay said, moved into
2: my sorority house for my junior year of college. Yay. Very appropriate with our sorority episode, but have the best time. Yes, yes. It will be a journey. As always, send in your guys' peaks of the week to our Instagram at already friends podcast. Okay, great. Well, I think we can hop into our episode about solo travel. So, like I mentioned, Allison has done plenty of trips by herself. I have done one. So I'll give a little bit of insight, but I'm going to let Allison lead with her expertise here. So I guess you should just give us some background on when you started traveling alone and what ignited
0: this passion for jet setting by yourself. All right. Well, I did count before I came on today. So it's nine countries and 15 states that I've been to by myself. It all started the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college. I knew I wanted something different for that summer, but I didn't know what it was going to be. I actually thought about going and being a uh, like a boat dock girl down in the Ozarks. So I had gone down there with my mom And scoped out the area. The guy who was the manager had actually backpacked Europe before. And that was like the other thing that I wanted to do. And then I was like, wait, that feels like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, when am I gonna get that time back? And then I couldn't find housing down there. And so I booked my flight like a week before I left. I remember doing my finals, end of the school year, and just instead of studying for a little bit I just slowly opened Google flights and bought a trip didn't tell literally anyone except my parents and I had like texted my dad it and they were like okay my dad was like slightly apprehensive but he laid a few ground rules and was still super supportive my mom was like all right let's do it she is definitely who I get my independent spontaneous love of travel just like gonna go out and do anything by myself from so she was always all on board and i think her confidence in me through that was reassuring that i was like oh yeah this is normal it wasn't like they were like oh my gosh this is not allowed like all of these bad things are going to happen they didn't even plant seeds like that it was more just like this is a great opportunity for you have the time of your life so Belgium was my first stop. And some people had asked to go into the whole Europe backpacking trip. I mean, that could be like a 10 part series. (laughs) So I don't Mm -hmm. think I need to be giving all of the details, but I'll give a few tips. So when I got there, I was so naive. I had no idea what to do. And this was back in the days before you could look up things as easily as you can now. So I really learned by being on the ground. Once I got there, I was at the a baggage claim waiting for my bag. And I like saw this guy next to me who looked American and like he spoke English. So I was like, What's up? And he was like, Hey. And I was like, it Looks like you're backpacking too. So we just like became friends and he was like, I'm staying at a hostel. And I was like, What's a hostel? I had no idea what it even was until I was literally in Belgium getting my bag. And so he told me what it was. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a nice, cheap, affordable way to travel. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, it was like in a couch surf by hotels, sleep in a park. Like, I have no idea what I thought I was gonna be doing. And I only went with $3,000 for three months, which is not a lot to spend Mm -mm. on food, accommodation, travel, everything. Mm -hmm. But I just trust in the process, I guess. So he suggests the hostel and I'm like, okay, well, I actually did look up how to use the bus system so I can get us to the hostel. And we were like, cool, let's put our heads together. So we got it. Figuring out the public transportation in a new country is so worth the time and the effort, in my opinion. You'll save so much money if you figure out how to use a subway, the local bus, whatever it is in that area. I mean, I will Uber occasionally if that's what's most efficient in that city, but the public transportation systems, I mean, even you living in New York, like, could you imagine if you had taxied everywhere if you hadn't taken the time to learn the subway? No way, I right? Like, It would cost so much money. And being on the local transportation, I also feel like helps aid in that local experience. Like, that's what the people who live in those communities use.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I would suggest having cash on hand when you get to a foreign country or immediately just go to the ATM at, your, at the airport or have cash in your currency that you can exchange because I don't feel like you want to get into a middle of a city and not have any currency on you because you never know. like If you don't know where you're going, you just need to buy a cup of coffee somewhere so you can use some Wi-Fi. If you do need to hail a taxi, it's just good to have a little bit of currency on you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, some countries don't accept cards as much as we do here in the United States or in some more developed countries. So I think it's good to just have a variety of money options, I usually bring a couple different travel credit cards, debit cards so I can get money out of the ATM, some US cash, and then some foreign currency. All the bases are covered. And I've never ran into a situation where I didn't have money. And my other thing is I don't usually put it all in one place. I'll put like one card and a carry-on, one in my purse, maybe one in my passport thing, because then that way, God forbid, you lose a piece of your luggage or something, you still have access to money because... Yeah, that's great. You definitely don't want your purse getting snatched,
2: but it's like, okay, don't worry. I had other credit cards in my backpack or in my actual suitcase.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because can you imagine how like how would you get a new card that fast? It would be such no. a nightmare. And I know one of your tips that you put down too was about the passports. So you could say that really quick if you want because I think that's kind of relevant.
2: Yeah, and even with that, I think having your passport printed out is a really good random tip because if you get your passport stolen, having that printed copy is going to aid you so much in getting a new one because if you do get your passport taken abroad, you have to go to your closest embassy. And I know that having a printed out one is going to help you get that new passport so much faster or just having that copy and hopefully being able to use that instead of pulling out your passport and then maybe you can have your passport somewhere really safe in your bags or locked away at your hostel, at your hotel. Um, Yeah, I think just having a copy is just really good to have. And I always have all my important documents in a Google Drive. I have an important docs folder in my Google Drive and I have passport, photo, license photo, which is that the safest place I don't know we may need to have it somewhere encrypted but yeah just, just
0: another tip for you wait that's so funny because mine is also exactly titled important documents like if a hacker got <laughs> yeah. in and is, is wondering no. what's in the important documents folder there it is
2: but- I know <laughs> when I'm saying it out loud I'm like maybe this shouldn't be a tip maybe I need to be like on an encrypted site and call it like junk folder yeah junk <laughs> or like
0: fashion inspo
2: 2011 <laughs> yeah
0: or maybe even like a photo in your phone I don't know but then if someone steals your Phone, but I would say definitely put a um, passcode on your phone while you're traveling. Mm-hmm. But yes, so agree. Have backups. Email them to yourself. I send copies to you know a parent, your partner, a loved one, just so that there's more than one version of your IDs somewhere in the world. Yes. And
2: okay, so specifically Euro backpacking, then we can move on. How did you pick Brussels? What do you look for when you're picking a country to start at? And are there any countries that kind of mind that you
0: really recommend someone to do the Euro backpacking thing? Yes. Okay. So I was in Belgium. It was great. The reason I picked that is because my great-grandmother was was Belgian. And so I was like, that sounds like a nice place to start. It was a good trip, but then um, someone suggested that I go up to Amsterdam. Someone in my sorority went up there, loved it. And then someone there suggested I go down to Venice. So then I went there and then someone there told me to go to Croatia. So I went to Croatia Mm -hmm. and then people after I actually ended up working at a hostel in Croatia for a month. That's a really cool gig to get if you can get something like that. And then I went up and did a good amount of time in Eastern Europe. If you haven't been over to Europe yet, there is a huge difference in the cost of things from Western to Eastern Europe. If you want to travel on a budget, Eastern Europe is going to be your best friend. I remember getting a bunch of groceries in Budapest and was like, that's it? I was like, am I doing the conversions wrong? Because there's no way it was that cheap. And like my hostel was like $5 a night. It, I mean, it wasn't like a nice hostel, but it was fine. That It should have been like $40 for that hostel. It was just mm-hmm. mind-blowing how cheap Everything was. And same with like the Czech Republic and Slovenia, Slovakia, Croatia, that whole region. There's more countries too, but really great Europe experience and it won't kill your bank account, especially if you want to go for a long time. If you are going for the more destination, Paris, you know, Rome, Barcelona, Lisbon, Portugal, those places. I think they're so worth it, but just know you're going to be spending money because everyone wants to go there. The hotels are more Mm -hmm. expensive. The food's more expensive. The transportation, it can of course be done as affordable as you want it to be. But in general, just the cost of goods are higher there. Did you feel like you had similar experiences in your trips? No, that definitely
2: adds up to what my experiences were. And I think just kind of what you're saying, no plan is sometimes the best plan. I don't think we realize how easy it is to get around places like Europe. So like what you were just saying, maybe you just need to get over there. It can really be any city, but maybe pick based on what your budget is or what you're going for. Sometimes picking just like a cheap flight over to Europe can be the move and then just moving around once you get there. But yeah, no, I think that was all really good insight. Totally.
0: Because their trains there are so efficient and they have a thing called a Eurorail pass, E-U-R-A-I-L. You can get that before you leave. And there's many variations. You can either get like a multi-country or unlimited in one country. So if you did kind of know what you were doing beforehand, that would be a great option because it's kind of like a bundle deal. Since you're pre-buying it, it's way cheaper than once you get over there and you're buying one train, one train, one train at a time. So that was the other reason that I was able to spend only $3,000. Not that $3,000 isn't a lot, but it's very minimal for three months in Europe. I would not suggest riding it that close. I would definitely. (laughs) um, No. If you, (laughs) South America, maybe. South America Mm -hmm. is also much more affordable along the lines of Eastern Europe. Clay and I did that together though. So that wasn't a solo trip, but I think you could have a great solo trip
2: there. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And even our guest, Travel Hack Pat, that we had on a few episodes back, I think he got over there, found a good flight, Goose Points, he did this whole crazy thing. But then he was like, there's flights over there for $30 to go from country to country. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of different
0: transportation methods that aren't too expensive and they'll get you to all the places that you want to go. Oh my gosh. Good follow-up. Yes. Because when I ended my trip, I was all the way down in the south of Portugal and I had to get back to Brussels.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And same, I took a Ryanair flight. It was like $40. Insane. So truly, I think if you're trying trying to get over to Europe, just get the cheapest flight you can get. It doesn't matter what destination it's going to, and then you'll get where you want to go. Love that. Okay, cool. Speaking of the planning process, when
2: you were doing these solo trips, were all of them trips that you knew you wanted to do alone? Were there moments where you were hoping to find someone to go
0: with you, but then you didn't let that hold you back? What was the thought process with these? I think that they were all pretty last minute. And it was kind of like, I'm going and I'm not waiting for anyone to join me. But I don't think I ever asked anyone to join me either. Um, I was really reflecting... On my desire to solo travel when I was in my restorative yoga class this morning. And I think our lives are just really overstimulating sometimes. You know, you have work, you have all these activities, you have events, and it can be really hard to get alone time, like in our day to day lives, especially if you have, you know, a partner pets, roommates, obligations. Because like, let's say if you have your workout classes or your jobs or whatever it is in your schedule, even if you're trying to take the day off and have a self-care day, the laundry just kind of needs done. Someone just kind of ends up stopping by. Your pet just needs to go out. Like it never ends up being as nourishing as you need it to be. So for me, I find that when I actually leave and go to these destinations by myself, I can let go of some of those duties that I have at home. And then people obviously aren't expecting you to show up to your workout class and all this stuff because you're gone. So I think that is a huge appeal of it to me. And my life is just very social as it is and always has been. From high school sports to college to working at a bar to sorority life, I feel like my social cup is always very, very full. And so I need to get away to spend time with myself. I don't really need to go spend more time with more people in another place. Mm -hmm. And I think there is some beauty for sure in traveling to places with other people. Like I've had so many great trips with people, but it's a very, very different experience. And that experience is created through your relationship together and like what that person likes. If they're very into the arts, you might be at museums. If they're an outdoor person, you're probably going on on hikes. So a huge appeal of me with, solo trips is I can do whatever I want. I can eat wherever I want. When I'm hungry, I, if I'm just walking down the street and I feel like maybe I'll just go over there, I can do that. If I just randomly decide, you know what, I'm going to go to a museum now. Okay, done with the museum. Time to go over here. You don't have to spend any of that time like discussing or waiting for the other person to get ready or what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want? Okay, let's look at this place. Like traveling with other people, I just feel like takes a lot of time. Do you know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. in discussions and trying to get from point A to point B. I also have this theory Related to travel and just doing things in our regular lives, for every person you add to a group, you're going to be five minutes late. So, if wow. you, if, like, if I'm going <laughs> to be trying to get somewhere at 2 p.m., if I have one person with me, we're five minutes late. If I have three people with me, you're 15 minutes late because you just get to talking and then someone forgets something inside. And when you have bigger groups like that on trips, it's just, it's hard to really get through the experiences because you're always waiting on someone or someone has to do something. I really experienced that when we were up in the Pacific Northwest with Clay's family because there was like 11 of us and just trying to get everyone out the door to go for a hike. took like two hours. I'm like, I could have had four hikes by now which is just so different. Of course, it's great, you know, because we're. All, it was more about us getting quality time. It wasn't about the hikes. But if I'm mm-hmm. going somewhere because I want to experience that city, I just kind of want to go and do it and not be held back in my schedule, I guess. Absolutely. That was definitely resonated with the big groups,
2: making <laughs> sure. things take longer. My next shoot that I'm going on has 10 people on it. I'm like, oh, oh. my gosh.
0: And it's stressful when you're the one coordinating it mm because you're kind of like, all right, guys, let's go. But you're not trying to be mean. Rude. But it's like, why are are we going back there
2: for another photo? We've been here for two hours. We don't need one more photo. We're at the end, like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the time appeal is a very big appeal like you just said like waking up and if you're really hungry and someone isn't awake yet you don't have to worry about that like you can just go Mm -hmm. and get that croissant and you can go and get that overnight oats at a local bakery that you pick and you don't have to run that by someone you don't have to see if everyone else wants to do that no that that's really great yeah that's really my
0: biggest reason right there
2: (laughs) you get to be selfish you know that's really nice sometimes like how you said when everything in your day-to-day life revolves around other people Good to take up. that time for you. Okay, along with planning the trip, does traveling solo affect the destinations that you choose or is anything up for
0: grabs? When I first started solo traveling, yes, I didn't have the confidence built up that I do now because I originally actually wanted to backpack Southeast Asia, but I did hear enough or maybe read some books or something that solo travel in Southeast Asia was better if you had a little bit experience and had at least done some solo travel before. But that Europe was a great option if it was someone's first time. And so that was kind of why I started with Europe. I would definitely recommend that to others. Unfortunately, I somehow have still not made it to Southeast Asia because it's not something I want to do in four days. Like I could just go to Tulum for four days because it's Mm -hmm. a straight shot, same time zone. It's just a little bit south. But if I'm going to be going to Southeast Asia, I want like weeks there. It's such a long flight. I want time. So that's another factor, I think, in choosing the destination is like, how much time do you have and what are you hoping to get out of it? That's really a point. Yeah. Especially
2: when some of the places are 15 hour flights and then another five hour flight once you land. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I have heard some other things about Europe being really good for starting out and then you can kind of move on to those places and maybe places like Africa, things like that.
0: As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Totally, because I also wanted to go to Morocco alone when
0: I was in college, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people advised me not to do that. And at that time, I was pretty naive and not as aware of my surroundings. And I'm glad that once I did go to Morocco, I could see why people would say that, especially to a young solo female. Now at 28, I totally could handle it. But experience is key. It's like anything. I mean, if you're playing Mm -hmm. sports, you're not just going to go out to a competitive game when you've never even picked up the basketball. Yeah, because you get you grow that confidence, especially with picking up on cues from your surroundings, learning how to navigate. That actually is a huge tip that should be focused on: is learning how to navigate. Like, if you're mm-hmm. someone who uses your maps in your hometown or wherever you're going at all points in time, maybe try to like cut back slowly. Like, can you figure out how to get from point A to point B without your map? Because when you're in a foreign country and maybe you don't have access to maps, or you need to read something in a different language, or you don't have service, if you mm-hmm. can't do that, that in your hometown and the safety of your neighborhood. It's going to be pretty scary when that happens to you in a foreign country.
2: Yeah, I feel like a lot of us have lost the art of knowing where we are and having a sense of direction, I think that's a really good tip. Maybe even practicing going somewhere new, doing the directions there, but can you get home without directions? Or if you are going to use a map in a foreign country, I know I've heard the tip of putting your AirPods in because you just never want someone to see that you're staring at a map and don't know where you are. That makes you a big target, which we'll
0: get into safety in a little bit. But yes, I think learning a sense of direction is a really good tip. And I feel like it boosts your confidence because I feel like you Mm -hmm. get scared when you don't know where you are because then you don't know where safety is and maybe safety is your hotel or the cafe you were just at. And then all of a sudden you're in an unfamiliar place and you don't know how to get back to safety. I think that that's where some of that anxiety comes in and anything you can ad- do to avoid that, which I also think why solo traveling is, I won't say superior, but you notice, <laughs> your, sur- you notice your surroundings because I'm like, okay, there's that place. That's that street. Like I'm looking at everything, but when I'm with people, I honestly have had so many things go astray when I'm with other people because I'm distracted. We're looking around, mm-hmm. we're talking. But when I'm by myself, I'm so alert. I notice everything. Okay. That guy's looking at me. Okay. This is my street. That's where I parked my bike. But you know, when you're with your friends and maybe you're having drinks and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, did we overwalk that street? Wait, what was our turn back there? And then like panic sets in. Wow.
2: That's so true. I do feel like when things go wrong, it's like, oh, I was talking to the person with me. Like I ran into someone at the airport last week and we were kind of running late to our gate. Like I ran into this person and on the way to our gate and we were talking and we missed our right turn to our Mm -hmm. terminal and if I wouldn't have caught it when we were at like that next terminal we would have like literally missed our flight and I'm you're so right it's just like you're supposed to be looking at that person you're supposed to be making eye contact you're supposed to be engaged in that conversation and then you don't realize that you're supposed to turn left like 200 feet ago
0: yeah yes it's definitely a thing same thing happened when Jessie and I just went to go on our flight we were like group six or whatever but we were talking she was on her laptop and then all of the gate or all of the groups went up and then we ended up having to check our bags which it's fine but I just hate doing that because I was like I bring it as a carry-on for a reason I want it and now it's gonna get all banged up down there and what if it doesn't get to the destination and it's all because we were talking which you know it's a beautiful thing but when you're traveling and you're trying to safely get from point A to point B with all of your stuff and ducks in a row it's you gotta pay attention yeah that can definitely be make or break scenario okay so with all this let's
2: talk about actually you being on the trip okay so one of the questions from Gladys was I'm going on my first solo trip next month. I'm so anxious about flying overseas alone. So any tips for navigating airports? You land in a brand new place. You've never walked out of the airport figuring out how to get a taxi. Like, how do you deal with the anxiety of the unknown?
0: Okay. I think we need to start with some numbers because when you're flying, there's going to be a lot of different letters and numbers that you're going to have to remember because first of all, you have your airline. And each airline, you got to go up to those desks and then they have their terminals. And maybe sometimes a couple airlines are in the same terminals or whatever, but you need to figure out what airline you're flying and what terminal it's going to be at. Just worry about that first and get your boarding pass. Then when you actually get through security, then you can focus on your gate. And then when you get to your gate, then you can focus on what your actual seat on the airplane is. So it's like the layers of it. You don't need to worry about your seat on the plane before you even get into the airport. So Mm -hmm. for me, I check into the flight on my phone. I always do it in advance because I would never check a bag. I haven't owned a checked bag. I don't even know if ever. Even when Clay and I went to South America for months and when I did my three months backpacking, I I didn't check it. The only reason, like I said, is I had to wait at the baggage claim is sometimes if the airplane is full. If the overhead bins are full, they make you check your bag. It's kind of annoying, but I've never had to pay for the checked bag. And personally, that works for me because I don't want to lose my luggage. I like the security of knowing it's with me and it's safe. And then if your flight gets delayed, you have your luggage with you so you can change in the airport, all of those type Mm -hmm. of things. But I'm old school, so I do like to have my ticket printed. So even though Mm -hmm. I'll check in, if the line is short at the Airlines, when you go to check in, I'll just go up to the little kiosk and print it too. I don't know why. It's just kind of fun to have. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to have. Um, But yeah, just know that there's like layers to it. I would definitely recommend getting TSA pre check, especially Mm -hmm. if you're anxious about missing flights or anything like that. Pre check is so much faster. You don't have to take your shoes off or your coat off or do all of those things. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you if she means being in the airplane, being afraid. Um,
2: yeah, I know. I wish we knew exactly what they're anxious about, but yeah, I think those are really good tips. Take it step by step. If you can do things to make it less scary, like pre-check, that's always great. And maybe even just look up what you need when you're leaving from the airport, like maybe you can Google ahead of time what it looks like when you exit the airport in Colombia. Like, do you need cash? Do you need to order an Uber? Is it taxis? You can always look that stuff up and kind of prepare yourself because that can be pretty overwhelming, I will say, when you walk out and it's a whole new situation. You're just thrown in there.
0: Yeah, I feel like we should warn people that sometimes in foreign countries, there's a lot of hagglers at the airport Mm because they're trying to get you to book a taxi with them or maybe a hotel or something. So, like... Cancun's so bad. So bad. There's like hundreds of people just like yelling at you and haggling you, but they're not there to hurt you. They literally just want you to... And I I even feel like if you book something with them, they're not there to hurt you. They just want you to book something with them so they can make money. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't hurt to look up what it
2: should cost because same thing happened to us in Bali. Not a solo trip, but getting out of the airport, millions of taxi drivers just swarming you, wanting them to take you as their taxi driver. And it was like 2 a.m. We got there. We're like... I guess we'll just go with someone. Like it was so late. Our, and our hotel was so close and we were like we think we just got ripped off for that we're not <laughs> sure but that was a very short drive and he has charged us like $10 I don't know so I don't know yeah I think maybe looking it up and preparing yourself it can't hurt there's so many YouTube videos people going on these trips if you're really anxious about it I wouldn't be afraid to visually prepare
0: yourself and watch a video of someone getting out of an airport oh and usually anywhere you stay I even all of the hostels that I stayed at in Europe there would always be a page on their website that says like how to get here from either the airport or the main bus terminal and it'll have like step-by-step instructions and you can decide do you want to walk it do you want to bus it do you want to taxi it depending on really either how much you want to spend or how much time you want it to take
3: because mm-hmm. I, I do think there's
0: a time and a place like if you're getting in late at 2 a.m maybe you don't want to walk because it's mm-hmm. you just want to get to your hotel but if you're like ah it's the morning it's only a half mile up like let's just like let's see the city let's walk yeah yeah But I do think having that picked out beforehand is a great, great idea. And I also will always screenshot the walking route from the airport or the bus terminal to my hotel because one time I got to somewhere and it just wasn't connecting. I couldn't find Wi-Fi anywhere. My service wasn't working. And I was like, well, good thing I had screenshotted the route. Now they have Google offline maps where you can download the route beforehand if that's something you want to do. Or at least at bare minimum, screenshot where you're staying and the address so you can just ask someone like, hey, how do I get here or show it to the taxi driver?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being ever prepared from what it sounds like, you can never go wrong. So with all this, you're on the ground, you're on a trip by yourself. What are some of your do's for traveling alone? Do you have any do's and don'ts? Maybe off the top of your head of rules that you kind of like to loosely follow?
0: Hmm. I will try not to eat at the same place twice because I am the type of person, if I go somewhere once, I'm like, this was so good. I want this every day of my trip because I do that in Omaha too. I'm just like, well, these are my restaurants and I just love them, but I'll try to keep switching it up because you never know what else there is to discover. I'm really some... You said do's, right? Yeah, you can start the do's and then definitely want to hear the don'ts as well. I try to travel by foot or by bike as often as possible, especially on the shorter distances. Like, of course you need usually the bus or taxi to like get you to your hotel. But once you're going through neighborhoods, I love to walk it or go by bike. I feel like you can see so much more and then you're just like, oh, I'll just pop into that place and go into that place. And you can stay there as long as you want because you're not waiting on this bus to take you there or something. I always bring portable chargers because I want to take pictures of absolutely everything. So I have two portable chargers that I always keep to charge with me. Um, When packing, be so realistic. If you haven't worn something in your closet in months, or you feel like, ah, I'm slightly uncomfortable in that, or like if I'm bloated, I'm not going to want to wear that, or it just doesn't feel right on you for some reason, do not bring it. Because I feel like when you're traveling, you're like kind of getting sweaty. It's like easy to get things dirty. There's so much happening. And I just never want to be inhibited by my clothes. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I don't really wear like jeans that often when I'm traveling. I just want to be able to like stay out all day and not. Like, oh, these pants are too tight or something. Yeah. Be uncomfortable and want to go back and change
2: and then miss out.
0: Yeah. I didn't come all this way to be like, to have my pants be too tight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it while you're there. Kara and I have said this on other things. Like when I was in front of the Eiffel Tower, I was like, I'll come back, I'll get my photo when I'm in a cuter outfit or something. And then we never went back to the Eiffel Tower. Not when I was with Kara, when I was with someone <laughs> else. And then I never went back and got my Eiffel Tower photo. And you said something somewhere too, where it was like, Oh, we'll come back to this. But while you're traveling, like so much is happening. You might not go back to it. So just go do the thing or jump in the water or do whatever it is in that moment. It never happens again. You're mm-hmm. so right. It's like we always say
2: we're gonna do something again And it never happens again. You can never recreate that magic of that moment. So if you
0: want to do something, you got to do it. You got to pull the trigger. Agreed, agreed. I also just like being off my phone at like a cafe or something and people watching. I think it's so fun to watch the locals just see what's happening. You just never know who will come up and talk to you. Like I was at this cafe in Tulum and this guy comes over. Turns out he's a venture capitalist from Stanford and was like trying to offer me all this money up the yin yang to start anything with him. It's like, who are you? How did (laughs) you? what (laughs) but that certainly wouldn't have happened if clay and i were like sitting there together you know Mm -hmm. so or me, I mentioned it last week that I did the salsa lessons, which probably also wouldn't have happened if I was with other people. So I do think different types of opportunities can come when you're by yourself, if you're open to receiving them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like get in the back of a sketchy black van and like drive off with someone, but like, you know, if someone seems safe and you're getting a good feel on it, like you can
2: explore that. Yeah. A great segue. I think one of the questions was, what is the best way to meet people if you you are traveling alone? Are you looking to meet people? But you kind of said, feeling out the vibes and just letting people come up to you and letting things come your way? Or do you ever go out of your way to meet new people on the ground?
0: I think when I was younger, I was way more about meeting new people. Like especially my age, I was like, oh my gosh, friends from everywhere, it's so cool. Like this person's from Australia and this person's from London. Like I thought that was so mind blowing and I was so eager to meet and connect and like get socials and be like, I have this lifelong friend. And so I'd always stay at hostels and do the dorm rooms and like go into the kitchen, do the pub crawls or the group cooking classes so I can meet people. Now that I'm a little older, I am more interested in like the business type of ones like I was actually happy to talk to the venture capitalist from Stanford for 2 hours because it's like wow I just learned so much in those 2 hours And I met this other guy who had this whole land project happening. Just things that I wouldn't know about if I wasn't talking to those people as opposed to more just like, oh, you're cool. I'm cool. Let's like have small talk. I don't do as much of that anymore, but it can be kind of hard. I think you have to know why you're going to a destination. So like for this recent trip, I wanted to stay at Holiska to take these classes and to get out of my comfort zone and really push my yoga practice. I was not there to... To meet other travelers in the dorm room. And there were some really sweet girls. And I felt bad because they were like kind of making small talk. And I was like, Oh my gosh, so great. I gotta go. Like it was mm-hmm. you can be nice to people and still be kind without having to like linger. And I like my priority for that trip was to do those classes. My priority was not to meet people, and that's okay. And I didn't have to derail the my efforts and my time and getting my flight down there and what I needed out of that trip just because someone else wanted to talk for a few hours. Like, I don't have to feel bad about that. And so I think just know what you want out of it and feel that out too, because there are some people who really don't want to talk to people at these places. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like they're just there to like unwind. So don't take it, don't take it personal. I guess if someone's like not trying to be friends or doesn't want to go out with you, because sometimes you'll meet someone and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. And they'll be like, me too. Let's go get food. And then you just go. And it's like that easy. And then there's other times where you're talking to someone and they're you're like, I think they hate me. I'm just going to go over there.
2: Yeah. Like how you just said, think about why you want to go on that vacation. With that why, maybe that should affect where you're going because maybe a place like Holistica, if you are trying to meet new people and like make all these new friends, maybe that isn't the best place because like you said, it's a retreat. People are there to unwind, to meditate, to focus on themselves. Maybe you need to go to a hostel and like a specific hostel and there's party that's hostels. It's like a party hostel. Yeah. yeah. There's like networking hostels. Like there's places where people just go and work remote and work in those hostels. So, feel out the vibe and maybe plan where you're going to stay and where you're going based on that.
0: Oh my god, that's so true. And the reviews, Hostel World is like the best website, in my opinion, to book the hostels. Mm-hmm. If you go to the reviews, people will always comment like this was a great hostel for meeting people or it was really hard to make friends with this one. People will always say and you can judge based off of that. Okay. Yes. That is great. Um, I think one of the biggest questions
2: that I saw in the questions that were submitted was about safety and how do you feel safe being alone and traveling? What are your thoughts with all of that?
0: The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get. And I think it starts with going places in your own day-to-day life. And I also feel like it's just okay with being alone in general. Mm -hmm. So often in our overstimulating world, people are just like afraid to be by themselves, like with their own thoughts, not looking at their phone for a second and just being present in their own body. And so I feel like if you aren't even comfortable alone in your own life, whether you're just like at home or in your day to day, I don't know if you're going to end up feeling very great when you're in a foreign country or a brand new place by yourself. So you could still do it, but it might amplify however you feel regularly. It's the same way like money magnifies. Like if someone's a good person and they have more money, they're going to be more generous. If someone's evil and a schemy salesperson and they have more money, they're just going to be more schemy. I feel like being alone is the same way. If you feel nourished and refreshed by being alone in the safety of your own house, then a solo trip is only going to do 10 times more for you. And so if you feel awkward sitting at a cafe in your own city, you're going to feel like such a weirdo in a different country. So I would just say start with the basics and be okay with being alone. No one cares. No one's looking at you. Try to think of all of the positives of it. Kind of like what I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode. You can open new doors. There's new opportunities. You can see things. You can hang out at a place as long as you want. Focusing on what you can get out of it instead of feeling lonely, I think is the main way that you're going to enjoy this experience. And then that carries into the safety aspect. Because if you're confident and enjoying yourself and you're happy and you're glowing and, you know, got your shoulders back, that's like going to send out that vibe. But if you're sitting there like, oh my God, I'm terrified. I feel so awkward. Everyone's looking at me. That's just inviting in that whole negative experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you look frazzled
2: and feel frazzled, it kind of not, it's not like you're asking for those bad things to happen, but it definitely invites it, how you're saying. Whereas if you're confident and you're like, no,
0: don't fuck with me.
2: Like if you put off that yeah. energy, no one is going to bother you, hopefully.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm a kidnapper and some girl is over there and she's juggling her keys and she's dropping stuff and she feels awkward and she's like checking around every second, that looks like a target. If you see someone who's just like chilling in straight peace and they're happy. Very aware of their surroundings. Endings, yeah, they're looking around. So I don't know if that answers it. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely one of the questions. Someone wrote, how do you get over the fear of being kidnapped? Something bad happening? Um, funny enough, but when I was with Clay's grandparents the other night, they were like asking, you know, how is was Tulum, all this stuff. And they're like, is it safe? And I was like, yeah, of course. But You know, bad things can happen anywhere or whatever. And I was like, it's so funny because whenever I take these solo trips, it's always like, are you safe? And of all of the 20 plus countries, almost all 50 states, the only bad interaction I've had, what? Is when the homeless man breaks into my own apartment. Mm -hmm. I've never had anything like that happen to me anywhere else in the world, but in the safety of my own home. (laughs) So like, what does that say? Anything can happen anywhere, anytime. I don't like... Yes, there are places that have higher chances of that happening, but— And there's always things that
2: you can do to prevent
0: those things from happening, but you shouldn't let that fear stop you from going. Well, one reassuring thing is you also have to think, how many people are actually kidnappers? A teeny, (laughs) teeny, teeny, tiny percent of the population. How many people are kidnappers— that you're going to be walking from point A to point B at the exact moment that this kidnapper sees you and you fit the exact description of what they want. You're, you know, because pedophiles are creepy. They all, you know, they want what they want or whatever. Like, what are the actual chances that they're going to kidnap you with no one else seeing? Like, it's just statistically not that likely. (laughs) Right.
2: And off the top of my head, some things that you can do to even lower those chances, I think... If you're traveling alone, I would recommend staying in hotels or hostels where there's people around. I've heard of bad things happening when people stay in Airbnbs in foreign countries as a solo female traveler because... I don't know if you're on that side of TikTok too, Allison, but the things I'm hearing about Airbnbs and like female safety is just kind of scary lately.
0: Yeah. I'm honestly kind of over Airbnb mm-hmm. and I'm using the TikToks too, where they will be like me getting treated like absolute royalty at a hotel and then <laughs> me being treated like the servant staff at a Airbnb. Like what? Well, I'm not paying $200 to clean the whole place. Yeah, and to water your plants. And <laughs> yeah. like take care of your pets and make the bed. and
2: Yeah. So I think off the top of my head, try to avoid Airbnbs. Maybe if you're right yourself, always share your travel plans to someone and check in with people. I know how you were saying you don't want to be on your phone the whole time. Not saying that at all. Just maybe check in periodically with someone. Definitely
0: share your location mm-hmm. with quite a few trusted people. Even when I was in Tulum, I had this, eh kind of dodgier bike ride home because I had to take this shortcut. It was either I could go all the way around and go the safe route and it was going to take me like an hour or I could take the back road and it was going to take me like 15 minutes, but it was like pitch black. So you know how on Google Maps you can like share the route with someone? Mm -hmm. that like the route progress. I just like shared it to Clay and that way I was like, you know, something happens. At least he knows. (laughs) He was like definitely asleep at that point because it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm kind of reckless by this point, but I definitely agree with If you feel like you're, if you have to walk home or get in an Uber, just send a screenshot of the Uber driver to a trusted person, even if they don't reply then. That way, you know, maybe they wake up in the morning and you go missing. At least someone has a paper trail on you.
2: Yeah. And the horrible situation, I know someone who went missing for 12 hours. Her friend was watching her location, took a screenshot, thought it was weird that this person was at that place. And then when they woke up in the morning, her phone was dead. The location was gone, but she took a screenshot at 2 a.m., When she thought it was weird that her friend was at this random place and that's where she ended up being. And they like went there and horrible, horrible situation. But yes, if you are doing something or you feel something's off, which I think is going to tie into one of our biggest points, just always trust your gut. Don't be afraid to send that screenshot. If you're seeing someone on Find My Friends, don't be afraid to take a screenshot where they are. I don't know. I feel like that's just, you can never
0: not trust your gut because your instinct knows. Agreed. Similarly tied to that, I always sit in the front seat of the Uber because first of all, I feel like it's kind of intimidating to the Uber driver too, because the back seat is just so passive, you know, like you get in, you're just a little passenger. But when I like pull up and I just like sit in the front seat and I'm like, what's up? Like, (laughs) I just feel like it's so intense, you know? And and because there's child locks on the back door. So if something happens like, bro, I'm just going to open the door and jump out.
2: Yeah. I've heard on safety TikTok that behind the driver is also a really good spot because they can't grab you as easily or something.
0: Mm. So,
2: and if, but then people are, there's people in the comments like, I'm an Uber driver and this always scares me when people do this. Like, what about our safety too? <laughs> True. I'm like, huh,
0: too bad. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I also, when I'm in the Uber, I'll like, because I'm sitting in the front, right? I like, will have the app pulled up of the route and like, make sure that they're yeah following, yeah. following the route so that they yes. know like, oh, this the girl's
2: watching. And I think final last tip. I wonder what your thoughts are on this as well. But if you're traveling alone, maybe don't black out at a nightclub. Like maybe just refrain from getting too crazy and going out because I feel like my mom has always said like only bad things happen after
0: midnight. Mm-hmm. I truly think that's true. Yeah, that's, a, that's great motherly advice. My mom always said the exact same thing. That's why my curfew was always midnight. Yeah, I don't think um, anything good happens after midnight, so... Yeah, just be careful with drinking and I don't know. It's a scary world we live in. Any type of other types of drugs, which are also just as common as drinking is. Even when I was an absolute nutcase the summer in Europe, I never, ever once blacked out because I was like, Mm -hmm. that just seems like a horrible idea. And then what am I supposed to explain to my parents? Because I feel like, like, think of that as a headline. What movie is that? That it's like, think of everything as a headline. Oh, I don't know. You know? If you just get kidnapped, people are like, oh my God, we feel so bad for them. We're going to do anything to get them back. Headline, girl blacks out at bar, has no idea what happened. Not a good Yeah.
2: Headline. It doesn't like, really it just... aid in the <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's a good tip. If you're traveling alone, maybe just go out to dinner and talk to people over dinner. Maybe don't, I don't know, get too crazy with the bars and the clubs and stuff.
0: Yeah. Because there's other times and places for that. Like when you're with your friends mm-hmm. too, like... Vegas with friends, fun time. What do you need to go on a solo trip for and like raid? I don't know. I know. It just doesn't sound and like also good news think, to me. And also think about this too. Besides that whole drinking thing, you went to that new country to remember it. So blacking out, why do you want to black out? You should remember your night. Black out Mm -hmm. when you're at home, if that's something you need to do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So
2: take all this with a grain of salt, but just exercise caution. Absolutely. Okay. So with all this, any final thoughts? I know we had a question from Nikki who asked, what epiphanies, realizations, slash life-changing experiences have you had from traveling alone?
0: All of them, I think. Like if I'm really marinating on a decision or at a path or something, it's like I need to take a trip to figure that out. Like when I was so unwell and I went to Marfa, what was that, 2020? I like got all the answers I needed there. Um, So it's also like if I go in with an intention, that helps. Same with when I was at Holistica just now. I was starting to get overwhelmed. Like the first day I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like 20 classes a day. There's all of these cool restaurants. How am I going to fit this in for four days? And I was like, breathe. Why did we come here? And then I like journaled it out. And it was like, wow, suddenly I eliminated like 75% of the things to do there that were actually just distractions, not what I actually came there for. This was random and I should have mentioned this earlier, but take a pen with you because a lot of these foreign countries, you have to fill it. Like they'll give you this form on the airplane or when you get off the plane and you have to fill out that form and then you take it to customs, they'll stamp it. and You have to keep that form. Do not lose it. Just leave it with your passport or something because you need that when you're coming back or when you're leaving the country.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So very random, but bring a pen with you and keep that document or at least take a picture. Um... Other epiphanies, like, you just learn so much about yourself. I, I can't even summarize it, but I would not be a tenth of the person I am today without my solo trips. Like, when I start to get frustrated or confused or lost in my day-to-day life, I'm like, it's time for a trip. <laughs> and then I go, and I'm like, oh my God, there's all the answers. Yeah. But also, if you're someone your yeah, who goes, and you're like, those aren't the answers I wanted, You, I'm sorry that that happened to you, A, but also, make sure you're... Narrow in your focus. Like, what, what do you want to get out of it? It's not going to answer every single thing for you in the whole world, but it can help you a little bit. Okay,
2: amazing. Any other final thoughts? Any oh. rapid-fire destinations that you would think
0: would be great? I know you said Europe. Um, I feel like it should be more specific than Europe, though. Like Sevilla, Spain would be a good one. It's very charming there. Pretty quaint. Felt very safe. That would be lovely. Vienna, Austria. Anywhere in Mexico or the US you love would be a great solo trip. Albuquerque, Marfa, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Joshua Tree. Can't forget about my solo Joshua Tree trip. That's a great solo place. I also feel like you can kind of tell, like when you're looking at a spot, like if it doesn't have this huge party culture and it seems very like, peaceful, tranquil, wholesome, like that's probably a good solo trip spot. If it's a place that's more about like nightlife and you know, doing, 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 then that's more meant for group trips or your partner or something like that.
2: Okay. I love that. I think that's really good. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think the world's your oyster. Like you said, there's probably
0: nowhere you won't go now alone. No, I also feel bad in saying this, but all of my favorite places are somewhere I've been by myself. And it's because I feel like I actually got to experience those places. But Mm -hmm. because when I was with someone, it was like us hanging out and us having a good time. But it was more about like our relationship and less about the actual destination, which is not bad. It's just a different type of trip. But then when I've gone by myself and I've actually taken the time to slow down and go down those streets and try a ton of places and open my eyes, then I have so much more of an appreciation for those spots.
2: Mm Yeah,
0: yeah. Amazing.
2: Well, with all this, we hope that we've inspired you to think about taking that solo trip. I mean, it sounds like whether you're thinking about going somewhere and you can't find someone to go with you, you shouldn't let that stop you. And if anything, it's going to be better
0: that people can't go with you. In my opinion, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, last thing, I don't want this to make it seem like traveling with people isn't fun. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. It's just different. And so I'm not trying to knock on group trips or couple trips or family trips. I love to travel. I love all kinds of travel. I'm just allowed to have a favorite type of travel.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's great. Okay. Thumbs amazing. up.
0: Thumbs up. Two thumbs up from us. <laughs> this has inspired me.
2: I'm going to leave tomorrow. I'm going somewhere myself. myself. No. <laughs> no, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And yeah, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. Thanks guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode. We seriously appreciate all the love and support and to show our appreciation, Allison's going to announce a giveaway that we have going on and she's going to tell you how you can
0: get entered. All right, what you can win is a big PR box full of all of these awesome products. There will be something in there for everyone in order to get entered. There are two things you can do. One is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to send a screenshot of that to our Instagram. That way we know you left that review or you can put something up on your Instagram story, whether that's a screenshot of a podcast episode you're listening to, a quote that you resonated with, and tag us so that we can make sure to see it, and then we will put you into our chart of your name, and we will draw it at the end of the year. As always, if you guys want to stay connected with us, you can join our Facebook
2: group, Already Friends Podcast Friends Squad. You can also join our Patreon page, Patreon.com/AlreadyFriends. It's five dollars a month for a bonus episode every single month with access to our entire backlog of bonus episodes. Guys, so many good topics there. So go check that out. And yeah. As always, thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time.
0: Bye.
3: Bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.